So, what if Garrett is cold hands? That's wild. If there's no fire, his hands are going to get cold. Hello, and Valar Morghulis. Welcome once again to Brotherhood Without Manners, a podcast where we are doing a full spoiler reread through George R.R. R. Martin's Game of Thrones book series. So, today we're going to be looking at a smaller chapter. I am Nate, and joining me, as usual, will be my brother, Zach. Heyo! What's going on, guys? So, yeah, today we've got kind of a smaller chapter for you. Catelyn won uh, her very first chapter in the series. It's only a couple pages in in the book I'm reading. I've got the big hardcover, but it's only it's, a couple pages. Yeah, my, I have yeah. a smaller paperback. Anyway, so, so it, there's... There's not a lot, but there's kind of a lot with Catelyn going on here. It's and a very short chapter. But actually, a I lot think this is happening. a perfect time to do Catelyn one because in the trailer, the teaser that we just got, Catelyn is heard saying they pass her statue, Stoneheart. They pass her statue, and she mentions about how all this horror has come to her family because she couldn't love a motherless child. And so, I was pretty excited to jump right into where Cat starts, where we pick up with Cat. So. Catelyn, I guess I should say, instead of just Cat. She's the mother. She's the matriarch of House Stark. Uh, she's the mother to all of his children, except for Jon Snow. She originally is a Tully of River Run. Right. Those so fishy people. She spent a lot of time down south messing around with the, the politics early in life. Yeah. So this chapter opens up with her heading into the Winterfell Godswood. Uh, the Godswood is a place that most castles and keeps have. Uh, it's basically like a big public park and just yeah, trees, a- some you know, some nice forest ground. Usually, the the keeps are built around to preserve them. But it fits the role of church for the the northerners, basically for the old Godswood. gods. Yeah, so absolutely. Not every keep has a weirwood tree. Which we'll get into once she actually walks up. I suppose right now is just a fine Yeah, time. no, anyway. this is, I mean, this so, one, the, the the Godswood at Winterfell does have what Ned calls a heart tree. But she's, as she's walking in to find her husband, she's going through the differences between where she grew up, the Godswood at River Run, and the, the where she is now, where she lives, Winterfell's Godswood. Yeah, she says specific, uh, that the gods of Winterfell kept a different sort of woods. Mm-hmm. And so I think that not only it's relating to the trees in there, because the trees in... Winterfell's Godswood are old. Old, old, old trees. I also noticed that they have, as well, sentinel trees. Sentinel trees, yes. Which is something we pointed out in the prologue that had the watch file uh, yep. climbing up to, to well, look into. Yeah, so that. And this one was armored with gray green needles, and I really like the way that that was worded. Mm. That, to, you know, it's a sentinel tree, it's armored. Um, but she is talking not just about the age of the trees, but how they they form the canopy. They're they grow so large that they actually there's a roof basically of of trees, mm-hmm. and that there's just an a presence there that I was picking up on. Yeah, no, she she definitely feels uncomfortable. She doesn't like being in the God's Wood. It it stinks to her of decay and you know undergrowth. Um, but she she feels oddly out of place, and she. When she does finally come upon her husband, he's sitting next to the pond and the heart tree. Now, the heart tree, the weirwood trees, are are huge in this series. Uh, they're these great, 
white, white trees with red leaves, and it, it, the color scheme is very trippy into of itself, but then they've got the faces carved in them, which were supposedly carved by the children of the forest. Um, I don't know if I... And I don't like the way that she... Granted, it, it's going to come from her southern naivety towards that, um, not to mention all of Westeros's knowledge on the children, mm-hmm. but I don't think that they were ever actually carved physically, necessarily. Maybe initially that's how they started, but I don't... You know, the, the children work, work with trees and mm-hmm. do stuff that they're capable of. She, uh... Catelyn specifically mentions that this werewood is strangely watchful. She says, they were old, those eyes, older than Winterfell itself. So basically she's saying this tree has been here since long before Winterfell, and that we we do know that history. We know Bran the Builder raised the wall and then later raised Winterfell, so... Were. So she's, in regards to the, the lack of the trees in the south as well, she talks about some old stuff, things like the green men keeping a silent watch on the trees that are on the Isle of Faces, Ooh. protecting them, and I thought that was really interesting that she's, how, A, how closely the the green men sound like the Night's Watch, with keeping that silent watch, keeping a vigil and staying hmm. standing strong. I never made that connection. Um, but then also that they mention, she mentions the Isle of Faces so soon yeah. in, in direct relation to the Weirwood trees. And the Children of the Forest. And the Children yeah. of the Forest. Which, again, I also think are extremely closely tied to the Green Men. So they, they get talking, and Ned is just cleaning ice, being all chill, and he mentions that the man he beheaded, Garrett, was the fourth this year that he's had to behead for. Yeah, I noticed that too. Um, before they talked about that, they talked about the children. Mm-hmm. And they, because he was questioning where they were. And so at this time, and I really liked this small little thing as she was mentioning that they're all in the kitchens arguing about names for their puppies. Mm-hmm. And she says that Arya is already in love. Sansa is charmed and gracious, but Rickon isn't quite not, sure. He doesn't know if he's, he's for this. Well, so. I mean, it's one wolf pup meeting another wolf pup, so... And I really liked that, that Arya's already in love with hers, and is just... They've already got this bond. Well, I mean, each one kind of plays to who the children are as well. Arya immediately dives in head first and true, is in love. True. Sansa is gracious and polite and, and, yes. and, and Rickon is, exactly. you know, the wild card. He's not quite sure, you know, are they going to get along, are they not? So again, it's just more of this, So and that's also these then, children. Because of that, it spurs Ned to where we get to see that that northerner again, where he's basically saying, well, it's it's time he mans up. He handles his, yeah, his business. Yeah, he won't he be four forever. Learn. Exactly. And winter is um, coming. And... That's when he says winter is coming, and I, Catelyn gives us some insight right there that I've I've overlooked a lot. But she mentions that all the houses, all the great houses, have words and mottos, but that most of the time they tend to be bragging rights, nobility, uh, pledging allegiance to something. Mm-hmm. The Starks are the only one that have this... A warning. And it's a warning from... You know, we see it as a warning, really, but they're the only ones that have something just so neutral like mm-hmm. that. That's not them trying to gain anything from It's not from boastful, yeah, or prideful. It's just, it is. It is what it is. 
And so I like that. But yeah, so then they get really into discussing, like you mentioned, Garrett's beheading. And I like that that you see both Rob and John in, in Ned's discussion with it. He talks about this guy was rambling, a little crazy, he's a deserter, and that's not okay. He died well, he, he said mm-hmm. word for word what Rob said, and then starts talking about how this guy was paralyzed with fear. He was overcome and just could not grasp what he so had done. So, my, my question, what do you think, the, who do you think the other three were that Ned had to, were they wildlings, or do you think they were Men of the Night's Watch, deserting, I or? think it, that he's specifically speaking about deserters. Night's Watchmen? And, um, I really want, like, because a lot of, a lot of the, the theories and everything go with magic stirring with the comet's appearance. Mm-hmm. But he's saying in this year alone, he's had four deserters. Well, that that's actually a really good point, the comment, that a lot of people consider that to be the catalyst of everything because that's immediately preceding Danny's dragons coming back. Into but the, what's driving like, what, these white why walkers is the, south? Why is the white, white walkers, why is the dire wolf down right, there? All exactly. this magic is already starting to happen. Well before there's any kind of Definitely. Catalyst. So then I, they're, they're talking and... Catelyn's trying to get the feel for this situation, and for the second time in this book, we get the name Mance Raider, the king. Yeah, and that because and the reason for that is because their their refusal to believe anything supernatural. Yeah, they, 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 chalk they it automatically up to just being the wildlings. That's why people are deserting, and that's why things are getting crazy. Yeah, they just automatically write off. You know, no one's seen the others in thousands of years since a long night. So, you know, couldn't be that. Which logically, you know. You're you're not gonna assume that, you know, somebody was killed by Bloody Mary just because they were killed in a bathroom. You know, right, it's it's right. like that wives' tale thing where, it, it the, well as a skeptic you can't really, myself, you can't really you're gonna blame find anything. Yeah, absolutely, to you to... can't blame them. So Mance Raider, oh, he proclaims himself king beyond the beyond the wall. He's gathering all these wildlings to him. Clearly, I, I mean, not clearly, but logically, I think the next step would be it's him. He's he's, right. he's assaulting the Night's Watch. He's you know, he's, and these maybe Night's he's Watchmen gathered, don't want to fight off against the King Beyond. The maybe he's gathered such a force that he's scaring these right, deserters right. off. Um, Which brings Ned to to threatening to call his bannermen just just because you know may as well go wipe this threat out. Well, it's happened before where the Starks of Winterfell have, have had to ride right, north right. to help with a wildling score, so it wouldn't be unheard of. But I. As like as far as what we know about calling the banners, that's basically a declaration of war. So I was a little surprised that Ned was ready to just, like, should I call the banner? Like, maybe I should do... Because that's not just, you know, hey, let me shoot out a group message and text my bros, <laughs> like, hey, party at my place. He's got to fucking send these ravens. These people need to gather their men, gather their garrisons, gather their knights and sh- sworn sh- swords and shields. Which goes to show that he knows that Mance has a, has some people up there. If you're calling the banners, yeah. that's almost a declaration of war. So he, Ned is, he he's not diminishing the fact of Mance Raider's capabilities. He just doesn't see him as a serious, serious threat. But he's still debating on right. calling. So it's this weird... Yeah, he knows that there's confidence that he's bad. he has in it, but then he's also got such a lack of information about what's actually happening. Um, and then speaking of the information, Cat's whole, whole reason, reason for, for coming here, here yeah. was to inform him of John Aaron's death. Yeah, the letter. The she hand of the king seen. has died. R.I.P. John Aaron. Um, and she knew that this would destroy Ned Stark right, because, because Ned he was, was fostered there. He was a ward with Robert Baratheon, Bobby B, hanging out down in the Big the Bobby Erie. B. Um, and then he, he on top of that, 
they were brothers at that point because the their wives were sisters. They were brother in law. You know that one marriage. is so actually reading it again the third time. Obviously now I have it sorted in my head, but that's kind of a hard thing to get your head around. That the man who fostered him then married his it's, wife's yeah, sister. Right. It's this weird. Because it almost seems incestual, it, like well, to a think, degree. You but know, it, I mean, it's Foster and it's you know sisters, so it, it seems like it's a uh, inky thing. But it really isn't. It uh, in this time anyway. Yeah, John Aaron is much older than Lysa uh, was at the time, but that doesn't really mean shit in this yeah. universe. So, and then that wasn't the only news though that was contained within the letter. So she, well, yeah, yeah, you're right, yeah. And so she also wanted to let him know that the king's on his way there. He's he's heading up the fucking road. King's Road's coming up. And I thought it was actually just a sign of their relationship where Catelyn knew that that would bring a smile to Ned's face right. as soon as he heard that Robert was coming. But Cat, see, this is this is the part of the chapter that really interests me. Cat is picking up on the signs and. It says specifically, a dire wolf dead in the snow, a broken antler in its throat, dread coiled in her like a snake. Yes, so I actually noted that too, just because we were touching upon the the meta issues of Jory Cassell last chapter, uh, a brand one, and him seeing the signs. And who they're meant for. And she is literally shivering at the thought of that vision. The fact that, like, she knows exactly what that means. I mean, like, she is all but saying a Baratheon killed a Stark. Like right. she, she sees that for what it is, and then she goes on to think that well, Ned doesn't believe in signs, right. and we're told that right then and right now. Like Ned does not look into this shit and read into it anymore, and that right there He's a face seals value his death. Guy. He right there, seals yeah. his death. He is done in this series as soon as Catelyn says he can't read the signs because she's terrified. She's got this knot in her stomach over this and so Ned i also is... think it's funny that on top of the the baratheon coming up when i mentioned in bran one when they came up on the scene with the dire wolf there was corruption in the air mm-hmm. and so the next thing she goes on to say is that the lannisters are accompanying him that trio of beautifulness and so as well as all the children oh yeah and so that gives Ned the thought that they'll have a little more time to prepare because they'll move slower with the kids right, and the but queen. they have no preparations for this size of a party. I thought it was interesting that Ned's pumped he's you know Robert's coming my, my brother in arms from when I was little but he says if we have to suffer an infestation of Lannisters yeah. for Robert's company so, so be, be it. it so Automatically, he's attributing so them to. He also, it, she had mentioned that he didn't like the Lannisters for a lot of reasons. Uh, they um, meant they, because they, they didn't. The rebellion. They took too long to to join forces with the Baratheons. They came in real late for you know the sacking Tywin and doing <laughs> all that. Sacking. It took them so long to to finally call their banners and join the rebellion that he was always iffy about them on top of you know the Kingslayer and yeah all I mean the Ned other... holds honor above all else and Tywin is a ever the pragmatist so Ned resents the shit that Tywin waited to see who was gonna win and then back to the side that did and I mean I don't fault Tywin for that but that's again a, another example of Ned's ironclad I just thought it was interesting that the the word infestation is used for Lannister because you attribute that to 
bugs, you know, something yeah, bad, something, something vile that, you don't, that you don't want in there. But so Ned's pumped that Robert's coming, but he's also well aware that the Lannisters are not the, the Lannisters are coming, and just the preparation. They yeah. they, they, they you know There's they got to make sure. The so food. it's funny that that when he said that that on top of the food, there also needs to be some musicians, mm-hmm. some music players, uh, which was just touched upon three paragraphs ago. Yeah, um, so obviously, in if you've read before with us, which I really hope you've read these books before, yeah, if you're this, this part, but we know Mance Raider does indeed come down and visit during Roberts. He is one of those singers, and so the fact that we've already gotten his name mentioned twice, and then now we're told they're going to be seeking singers for the king's royal visit... It's just again these threads that he's already things weaving that you through. would until you have read it. You, there's you no could way never, to yeah, know. no, you, you could, could never. You couldn't know that he was pretending to be this other person that's sitting there singing songs. Uh, so, Catelyn's introduction. What do you What do you think? I, th- I think it's great. Um, I think they Martin did a great job of painting the relationship between Ned and Cat and their children, as well as his duty as. Lord Stark, the Warden of the North. Um, yeah, I think that it's v- really good to go from Bran seeing this, seeing this fatherly Ned Stark. We're seeing him donning his Lord to his partner, and now him. seeing him donning the father and Lord. And she, you know, we get that more insightful look at. It's a more adult conversation yes. because it's not. You know, it's not Ned checking up on Bran after beheading. It's his equal, his wife, coming up to him and saying, "Hey." Some shit's going down in King's Landing. You know, the hand of the king. Your your foster father's dead. Uh, your basically stepbrother, your best buddy, is coming down to say what or coming up, not down. Uh, so at one point, Ned even tells uh, tells her that she should she should take the kids and go visit. They should go to the Erie. That that the uh, the little Robin heir in there needs other, other children kids, around. Yeah. That that, that actually like resonated with me and I'm not quite sure why. I just I thought that was really thoughtful of Ned. Like go fill her halls with right. laughter and, and music yeah. and shouts and joy. And like that's just a really thoughtful way of and that, she lost which, her husband. Technically that's also how she introduced him to the idea that, well, the king's coming. We can't Well yeah, she said I would love to go and be there, but yeah, no we can't. I I just I think it's great at painting Cat as her because she, throughout the series, she kind of becomes this big war, worry war, and, and justifiably, but, like, we see that it's not unwarranted. She's picking up on the signs, her husband won't, and she's actually a little afraid for when the King's Party gets there, because Ned is referring to Cersei as that Lannister woman. Oh, the last time I saw the, yeah, the, 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 the babe, he was sucking at the Lannister's woman's teeth. And she's like, you can't, like, bro, you can't fucking say that. That's the queen. Like, and she's just like, shit. Like, he's not. This isn't going to go well because. And she, uh, Catelyn also said, Cersei's getting more prideful each year that passes, and so she's worried he's going to offend her, uh, offend Cersei, the queen, and just, you know, with Jon Arryn being dead, that's weighing on Ned. They've got these deserters, these men that they're beheading. There's whispers of Mance Raider north of the Wall. I think Cat is just a great lens to sort this shit out through because we see the adults now working and what steps they can take, and then everything's kind of you know blown up in their face with the announcement of that the royal party's coming. So 
I thought it was a fantastic chapter. I actually adore Catelyn Stark. I think she's great. I know a lot of people find her annoying and a bit whinging, but... I think she fits her role. I, I absolutely love the role she plays. I think she's just as fierce, if not more fierce, than Cersei Lannister. Um, so I, I love this chapter. So I'll, I'll start off with uh, the, the Brotherhood and Duck D's. Mine goes to big old Robbie B. Really, Bobby B? Bobby B for just being like, you know what? My surrogate dad just died. I'm going to go see my bro. And, you know, he just does it and inconveniences fucking thousands of lives around him who now have to trek north not on, on top of that months. all the people that they have to stop and oh and visit and, and, and yeah and, and stay in their key and just because Bobby B's like nah I'm gonna go see my bro like, I wanna go north somebody needs to invent a cell phone for Westeros so you can just shoot a text like hey miss you bro so my my inductee is is Catelyn just because she is Ned's Stone. She is there to to support him when his he, stone heart. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, you know he's his dad died. Basically, mm-hmm. and she's like she knows that it's going to affect him. She, she knows, knows the ins gonna, and outs of how it's going to. She knows how he's going to respond to right. everything. And I so the fact that, that yeah. she was there to support him and she came out personally instead of sending Meister Lewin mm-hmm. out, like she to a place she's uncomfortable she, in. and she's not happy about going she there she doesn't like it but it's her know. husband that's her duty and yeah i i love catlin i think that's a great inductee well so i think that that wraps up a nice short episode for catlin yeah a little, so little if easy you one. if you disagree with me if you agree with robert if you have any opinions of your own let us know uh hit us up facebook.com slash brotherhood podcast Twitter, our handle's at Manners Without. Our Instagram is at Brotherhood Without. And our Gmail, without Manners Brotherhood at gmail.com. And then, just as a, a last thought, I thought it was interesting that Ned specifically mentions, well, he's going to want to hunt. Yeah. And, and again, that's just, that's how he goes. So it's, you know, we're being told all this shit, and it's just. In the very first chapter, you, 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 like, you don't even beyond. really know it, but I don't know. It yeah. blows my mind. It's it's good stuff. So hit us up. Let us know if you uh, have any questions. If you're if you if we made some errors, correct us. Whatever. We'd love to hear back from you guys. So your mother was a dumb. Boy.